Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business podcast, where we talk to interesting people about life and business. We cover their backgrounds, obstacles they've encountered, and find out what drives them. Along the way, our guests share nuggets you can use to drive your success. Reach me directly, D-A-M-O-N at ExitYourWay.us, or check out our website, ExitYourWay.us, for more information. I hope you enjoy our show. All right. Thank you, everyone, once again for joining us on the Exit Your Way Faces of Business program. Today with me, I've got the one and only Jeffrey Graham. How are you doing today, Jeff? Doing good. It's a little, <laughs> a little slushy out, but, you know, I can't complain. Yeah. 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 It's, a, it's a little snow. It's like we got the snow slush going. So it's like, all not right. No, not quite rain. So. Well, there wasn't much snow in Colorado this winter, if I remember right. No, there hasn't been a lot. And then we had like a, a weird one night of like a foot. And then, yeah. and then, yeah, I like, you know, melts one side of the road melts off. The yeah. other side doesn't because this the way the sun comes yeah. across, uh, you know, the Denver. It's one street's got snow still, one doesn't. It's weird. Yep. One yep. side. So it's kind of funny. Kind of a funny deal, but yeah, we haven't, we've uh, had a harder snow year. It hasn't been as, uh, as good for as, the skiers. As, yeah. It's not, we need more. That's yeah. Sure. Well, sure. I think that uh, park city's had a lot where Andrew's at and we're, uh, you know, out yeah. here, it, out here, we've had record snow in Washington. So yeah, was going off nuts, um, nuts. They've had the pass close down a lot. So, um, I'm kind of excited today. We can talk about some multi-channel e-commerce sales. You know, it's something that's near and dear to your heart, something you've been working on a lot, both uh, helping other people, working in companies that you're doing it. And um, hopefully today the people listening can uh, learn a little bit about that if they don't know about it or if they're trying to gain more knowledge about it. So um uh, if I always forget too, if you're listening on LinkedIn or Facebook, go ahead and hit in the comments where you're listening from. If you have any questions while we're talking, go ahead and drop them in the comments. I can see them. We'll be answering them while we go along. So, cool. so Jeff, uh, yeah. let's just tell me a little bit about your experience selling on e-commerce platforms and e-commerce companies for the people that don't know already. You know, um, you know, uh, won't bore people with my story too much, but you know, I, I essentially built and sold my first website when I was really young and I was in high school still. And, um, from there learned about, you know, learn more about the internet. And then I built my first, uh, I say website that had a, essentially a tangible marketplace attached to it in 2005. So kind of a dot com, not to quite dot com bubble era, but just, just, uh, you know, a period of time after that. And then of course we had, um, a big influx and change after the eight recession. And then we had a huge push yep. in e-commerce and, and then Amazon, um, kind of went through the emerge emerging of that, um, solo software company in uh, 2012. And, you know, ultimately it's been, 
you know, my whole career has been based in sales, but it's transitioned and positioned itself into a more digital space. And so I've been working in e-commerce now for uh, probably a little too long. I mean, in my, <laughs> I'm saying to age myself now a little bit, I, you know, I couldn't believe that Amazon's 20, had a 26 birth, year birthday or 20 year birthday or something like, wow, time's flying by. But no yeah, so, you know, um, yeah, I've been, you know, helping companies, you know, for, for quite some time scaling issues, multi-channel e-commerce, really anything that has to do with positioning or selling a product um, on the internet. And so that's been kind of my vast background. And, and most of the folks and companies I've been, in, been fortunate to work with, both big and small, have been selling on multiple channels sometimes. And then sometimes are looking to, to expand their market presence and go in that space. And sometimes, um, you know, kind of, you know, breaking things down and, you know, gotten the luxury of being able to work with some really big, exciting companies. And then also um, love working with the small, uh, small companies that are trying to find an opportunity within a multi-channel uh, aspect, which is, which is now mostly e-commerce marketplaces and things. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was, as you were saying that I was, I was thinking about your background and you really have had a lot of multi-channel uh, before e-commerce multi-channel, I mean, you sold through dis distributors yeah. and direct and yeah. and uh, through re field reps and yeah. strategic partnerships and other things like that. So multi-channel sales is nothing new to you. you you've just uh, transitioned to the electronic stage. Of yeah. It. Yeah. Essentially, you know, the thing that's that we've all had to deal with is that, you know, the the old school channel way, like the OEM distribution models and, and kind of the, the, the way it had been done for so long, is just eroded away. And now, you know, you got manufacturers selling direct, you know, that manufacturer direct model yep. is, is taking over. So distributions are, their distributors are shrinking. Um, you know, those, those opportunities are, are, are going away. And you're finding that a lot more folks are less concerned about channel protection. Like you, when we did sell, in the and then back in the day where we would sell through a reseller or through distributor or through a tier partner um or a affiliate partner system so now it's now it's kind of gone away and now it's you know it's manufacturers taking margin back or or companies going to a, in a direct model and because they can now you know the technology's caught up it, it, it was it was it would have been too expensive and and laborsome uh, 10 years to do it. I mean, you'd, yeah. be, you'd be, you'd have to spend a million dollars to, to probably be able to compete. Now there's so many integrations plugins and things we'll probably talk about that make everyone have an opportunity to compete, but also then now creates a very competitive environment. Yeah, that's true. Because as, as the technology and the barrier to entry have gotten into, Hey, I can sell online and then now, lower, yeah. yeah, now I can sell online. Uh, now me, everybody else I know can sell online too. If at that same barrier to entry, we get more competition. And then when you look at the marketplaces and we'll talk about that a bit too, like the, the Amazon, Walmart, Home Depot, yeah. Zorro, whoever you're talking about, uh, you know, just made it that much easier for more people to get into it uh, that wanted to do it. So, yeah, that's that's interesting how that it's changed a lot. And the thing that I think is 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 pretty exciting, really, is when some of these companies are looking at the hybrid models where they may have distributors and still the old school type um, retail box locations or whatever through a distributor right. network but yet they're selling direct. 
yeah. too, through Amazon, through Walmart, or out of their own, own website. Yeah, a lot of brands, you know, basically we're selling through channels. This is, you know, you know, probably within the last couple of years, we're selling through channel. And then they were like, Hey, we want to sell direct. So we're going to rename this product, create a whole different piece of our business in order to not hurt their channel. And that was something that folks were doing as a strategic play. But then ultimately the product, we, you know, people find out the product's the same. They find, you know, and it, and it, and it, it kind of implodes on itself. And a lot of those ventures, that big, you know, multi-billion dollar companies had, had pursued, didn't work out. Yeah. And, you know, where are the opportunities lie within channel? There's a lot of variables that folks need to think about now and with, within the, within the changes in the evolution of the marketplace and how to sell in a marketplace and how to position your products. And those are all things to decide if, if a multi-channel strategy digitally makes sense and, and how you're going to win ultimately and get your products where they need to get, you know, in front of them as many people as possible. It's eyeballs now, right? And, yeah. Um, the internet's becoming as big as it is. It's becoming smaller. So mm -hmm. uh, we don't have, you know, I've, you know, remember the statistic of about 10,000 websites entering the internet a day. That That's now up to about 25,300-ish uh, new websites are now being launched daily. And that's, wow. That's, that's a lot. Extremely large amount of folks trying to compete, but like I said, you like you said, it's a lower barrier of entry. The technology is now improved. You don't need uh, a huge software development team to code you a platform. You know, you have out of the box solutions, you have plugins, integrations, and all these kind of you know systems now that make life easy. But um, it also can be a slippery slope. You know, yeah. If you do it wrong, if you do it right or you do it wrong, right? So. That's for sure, because, you know, when we look back at 2020, the people that were already, you know, on a few channels, e-commerce, and it was anything, you know, consumer related products, they probably killed it in 2020 just because of the fact that, uh, you know, people are at home and ordering more online and driving, you know, the, I don't know, I don't look at the final numbers, but it was crazy high the e-commerce sales in 2020 compared to 19, just because of the effect of people being home more. But yeah. I've, I've got to believe that if somebody wasn't really into e-commerce and got into e-commerce in 2020 out of necessity, or it was planned um, that, and they're looking at a multi-channel approach now, it's a lot more competitive than it was two or three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a lot more competitive and, and the folks that have been there already on those channels um, have an advantage. You know, they have reviews, they have other things that are going to give them leverage. And so you have to be able to niche yourself into a market um, and and kind of speed up the process. And there's a lot of ways to do that. And there's a lot of ways to kick, I'd say, play catch up. Um, because, yeah, a lot of folks were going into multi-channel um, expansions through the Wayfarers of the world, the Amazons, FBA, uh, Walmart, Home Depot, and all, you know, uh, your, you know, Rakuten and all these kind of affiliate programs and shop.com and Google Shopping. And so everybody was kind of like, you know, going that route before. But now it's, you know, if you hadn't gone in that, you know, gone that way, now you, ne now you have to play catch up a bit. Yeah. And in order to do that, you have to, you know. I guess skip a few steps and make a lot less mistakes. 
in yeah. order to catch up quick enough um, to be as competitive as you want to be. Um, but yeah. So you bring up a good point. So I'm sitting here today. I've got a website. I'm, I'm not on a platform yet, but I'm really considering some platforms. But I'm selling on my website. I'm doing okay, and I'm ready to go to an Amazon or somebody else like that. Um, what are some of the things I should be thinking about in my business that I might not be thinking about when I'm when I'm just running sales through my website? But when I go to that platform, any platform, I'm not talking platform selection. Just what are some of the things that I should be prepared for before I get onto a platform? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. Now there's. There's, I'd say there's a lot of things that people there are, need, yeah, to, sure. need to consider um, before going on any platform. So you, every platform has their own policies and rules. Let's just say that they're 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 expectations, and that's going to come down to expectations of images, expectations of of descriptions. Um, if videos okay, if videos not okay, you know what are you know looking at the policies within every marketplace platform, which is probably what we're more focusing or talking about on, right? We're talking about yeah, it's marketplaces, right? Yeah, it said that seventy percent of all even B two B buyers are going to eventually lean on all marketplaces within the next twelve to eighteen months. So you're talking about a huge, huge influx in marketplace um, saturation, but also marketplace opportunity. So, you know, you have things that are you have to think of inside your company. Uh, do you have the infrastructure to be able to deal with the order issues and order fulfillment? So you're going to have different policies and procedures per marketplace. You're going to have different fees for those things that you're wanting to sell through that marketplace. You also n n will have to then create uh, potentially different SKUs, uh, different mm -hmm. UPC codes, and then what order processing is going to happen because the expectation when you ship through Amazon through your, from your warehouse or when you shipped, uh, um, you know, a Walmart order through your warehouse are, are different. Mm -hmm. so now you have two different needs. You know, these companies have different expectations. And so now you have to weigh those out. And then how do you make that efficient and effective so you don't lose money? You have fees and costs on the marketplace channels. You have advertising on the marketplace channels everyone knows and is enjoying amazon's uh you know money grab with with advertising fees and costs going up and up and up and to the point where it's pretty much in line with what old school retail would cost you um you have systems internal systems you know is your infrastructure set up so from order processing hey you know i get an order from x channel it comes into my is it a centralized system or are we managing these channels individually to start and then we're integrating them into a, a ERP of some kind or some type of order management system to make it easier and streamline the process so we can keep our profitability up and all these kind of things. So when you're looking at going into multi-channel strategies, you also have to understand if, if it's a right channel for you. You know, is this the place you want to be selling? Should you be selling your competitors sell there? Do they not? Um, is your pricing competitive? Can you be competitive? I mean, there's just so many factors that are involved that you really have to understand the mode of the way that that channel operates and then also the other thing that i like to lean on is is who's uh shopping on that channel so yeah. you have to understand the demographics the the typical buyer um you know one of the big opportunities i think that have happened and, and, ex, and expose themselves is the government's changing their buying so now mm -hmm. even a normal company down the street can sell to the U.S. government, which is you know it's the largest buyer in the world. So, 
um, it's an opportunity if you have products that they need, which they need everything. So yeah, um, everything from an yeah. office chair to a, you know, to a, you know, a bomb or something. I don't know. Yeah. The government's always buying and, and, but what they're do what they've done is they've just minimized the, the, it's not as hard anymore yeah. to there. And they're, you know, the buyers also, you know, we have to think B2B too, is the buyers are getting younger. And so they're, they're doing Amazon searches, they're doing Google searches for products. And the, the more you have that spider web of, of your products out there, the more opportunity you are going to catch uh, customers. You know? That's, that's a good point. Cause I heard somebody say the other day that I forget what it was like 70% of all product search started on Amazon or something like that. It was, it was a high number. I don't remember exactly, but that's kind of scary if you're, if you're not on Amazon or Amazon and Google or somehow to be found on both places. Yeah. You know, Amazon's evolved a lot over the years. It was one of the places where you're like, Hey, I want to be there cause I want to make money and be successful in it. Then, and that's just become harder and harder for everyone that sells there. The other thing now that folks I think have positioned and, and are doing specifically on Amazon is using it as a brand play to bring them to their own site. Essentially they're going to use Amazon as a, as a, a, a FCA first customer acquisition that first order opportunity and then they're gonna once they get that order and that package in someone's hands then they're going to use that packaging opportunity to bring them to the direct website maybe it's for better pricing maybe it's for quicker shipping if they're not an fba seller whatever it is you know whatever angle that someone might might want to to choose which there's many um you know carrots we can play with there on how it works but yeah that that's to me there's nothing better than a direct sale to your website in e-commerce if you're going to have the highest margin you have the highest profitability i mean it's just it's just a no-brainer you know advertising costs da, 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 da. but if you can use channels to leverage your you know essentially use those as as hey I, this is now my pool of people i can grasp and then get them to come reorder direct that's that's a lot of strategy that's going on right now yeah yeah and and that's the one thing that i think um especially new people that are new to e-commerce don't really understand is if you build a website it's not easy to get traffic to that website no a lot of competition it's never been harder i mean um you know as as transparent as possible it's never been harder to get traffic to websites and I shouldn't say traffic because you can get traffic, but it's good traffic is, yeah. I should say we should break it down to good traffic. It's never been harder to get good traffic because you have still only the first two or three pages of Google that matter on, and you still have this high influx of, of sellers. And when you have companies like just announced yesterday or day before, like a Disney who's removing 60 brick and mortars, you know, they're, they're getting out of retail. And they're going yeah. full into an e-commerce strategy. Okay. Well, you know, okay, now I got to compete with them. If I'm a, you know, if I make a product that is something that they would, you know, and they have deep pockets, right? So you have to be strategic and you have to be smart in how you sell because you are competing against these monster companies that are all now pivoting to an e-commerce strategy and they're going to saturate and control the market. So we want to make sure that as smaller businesses, we, we create niches within our spaces and then we also create what's going to be as effective as possible essentially. But the other good thing about it is since technology has advanced so much, we actually can compete 
with Disney. We can yeah. eat and take opportunities away from uh, big companies, uh, multi-billion dollar organizations. And that wasn't possible before. Um, yeah. Thanks, yeah. To, thanks to platforms like Shopify and WooCommerce and, and big commerce. And, you know, of course, all of the multiple channels, you know, I mean, most people wouldn't know that home Depot is a marketplace, right? I mean, yeah. that would be one that, you know, Oh, I could sell on home Depot.com. I didn't even know that was marketplace. It is a marketplace. Yeah. There's yeah. sellers all over the place on there. Well, when you think about it, yeah. And you go, if it, 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 and P, like you said, Home Depot is one, Bed Bath & Beyond, I think, don't they have one? And yeah. and then there's Zorro, which is actually owned by Granger for more industrial type products. I mean, there's so many. And like you said, Rakuten or however you say it is, yeah. that's it's a lesser known one. But, you know, when you look at even some of these lesser known ones, if you're kind of unique and it's the right buyer on there, it might be a good place because we're still talking. They probably sell hundreds of millions of dollars worth of product every year on a, on the small channels. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then what we're finding is niche marketplaces, too. So there you go. we have our yep. bigger marketplaces, you know, like our Walmart, you know, whatever. But we also have really niche marketplaces, like, hey, place where you only get you know, a, a pipes and fittings or you're yep. only going to get, um, you know, uh, tires right you know like yeah you know, if you look at like a tire company like, like a discount tire these big tire companies have all have had all these retail locations well now they're probably doing more revenues through those those online experiences that they're creating ordering a tire having it shipped uh to someone's house already mounted and balanced throw it on your car call it a day you know so there are a lot of things that are changing um and yeah. you ship that stuff now uh relatively cheap so yeah yeah, that is something. I mean, when you think about the the changes that this done, and I know we're getting a little off topic, but just the the amount of stuff that we as consumers buy and get shipped to our house anymore, it, and the types of things. I mean, rugs and furniture, and you look at Wayfair and what what Wayfair has done to to change the way that people buy furniture. I mean, you can buy big pieces of furniture that comes boxed by UPS. They, yeah. they figure out how to do it that way and get it to you and you can put the stuff together. It's pretty crazy. It is. It's And, and that's the thing about, about the, the big thing with selling on a channel is, is making sure that, that you can deliver too, right. And keep yeah. that reputation up and, and having, you know, we're talking big products there, right. Shipping yeah. that, that's a logistical challenge, but um, I mean, there's just so many opportunities within this within channel development and channel expansion, it's just a matter of understanding them weighing out what can be a risk that you yeah. want to mitigate yourself to and, and, and how to, how to start, right? Yeah. How to get there first. Well, going back to where we were talking about selling on the website and you're considering channels. I think one of the, one of the things that people might not be prepared for, and you, you mentioned two of them. First of all is, the customer service requirements. I mean, people expect like when you order uh, something on Amazon now, people expect that, you know, you're going to get a, a confirmation to your order, like in minutes almost. Yep. And then you're going to see that that order is shipped that day or the next day. Or I know on Amazon specifically, you have to tell it how many days, but if you put in there that you're going to ship it in five days, you're going to lose a ton of customers because they're expecting that that order is going to go out that day. If you order it early or the next day at the worst, 
And then they're going to also expect that you get an email that confirms that and maybe even a text that tells you that it's been shipped with a tracking number on it. So when you go back to some of these people that I've got my my little shop that I've opened up and I'm making products and now I'm going to go on to an Amazon platform and I get just 10 orders a day. Just think how much work that is if it's not automated to the point that a lot of that stuff is done. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 uh, it's under it's you know, a lot of folks think that, hey, going in e-commerce is going to be the easy way to go. And we'll just throw a store up and we'll add some products to some websites and we'll do some advertising and we'll it'll be done deal. Now, the problem is, is yet the expectations of the virus has changed to the point where no one has any patience anymore. Um, patience doesn't exist. Customers always right. And, and Amazon, um, you know, has created that. Yep. that persona and that that model and that model has put vendors at risk so that that risk is that now you know you have to be johnny on the spot you cannot be behind on the communication aspects you have to have people that are going to be able to deal with the communication aspects both internally or externally within an organization and then the other thing that you mentioned really is speed right so you know, the number one most important thing when someone buys on the internet is price. I mean, always everybody can say, yep. you know, price or value to price. The second is shipping costs and speed. So it's, and it's literally separated by about 4%. So those are the, 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 the difference. Like people care about shipping costs and speed almost as much as they care about price. So that tells you right there how important speed shipping communication is going to be on selling on these multiple channels and that just because you're there doesn't mean that that you know you can slow down you know the other things are going to come into like in is it in stock you know people hate buying something or say it says it's in stock they make an order next thing you know they get an email hey we're out of stock on this we're sorry our website wasn't updated you just pretty much lost that opportunity indefinitely um people don't have the patience anymore and, and yeah. that's you know uh, kind of a unfortunate thing like we're human we make mistakes you know nothing goes perfect in business we all know that but but you know you just can't make that mistake anymore it's just not something that it's hard to overcome yeah and in addition to that you know you you've got um you know trust to be able to be built you have to have reviews you have all these aspects in which which you're being analyzed and people are automatically assuming certain way uh, you know having a, a predisposed position on your company before they make that purchase then especially when they make that purchase something really cool a lot of companies are doing now as a strategy and we'll just give them a, we'll just give anyone listening a nice free one here um <laughs> uh if someone orders something from your store or through your channel and they order standard shipping, expedite the shipping on their first order. Every first customer you get expedite shipping, send it overnight, send it today. It's going to get there days before they expect it. And they're going to be just enthralled, just even if they don't even need it, they're just going to be enthralled that, Oh my gosh, I just ordered this yesterday. How's it here already? They didn't yeah. know you expedited the shipping. They don't need to know that you did it. They're just now you've already exceeded that expectation. That's one little thing you can do. It might cost you a little bit more for that first customer interaction, but guess what? On every channel interaction, if you do something like that in the beginning, you're going to get the repeat opportunities. So I'm going to buy from them again. You know, yeah. you've already set a tone with that customer. You don't have a lot of opportunities to set the tone through any channel 
on any platform, you your window is really short and or really small, I should say. And so those are ways in which we can take advantage of the second most important thing on the internet, and that's shipping costs and speed, right? Yeah. Outside of price, you know, when it comes to channel sales. So yeah, and, and also direct, but it's just kind yeah. of a fun little tidbit for folks out there. Hopefully they'll use well, it. Well, it, it is, and it's something that I think, you know, I think, I don't know. I just got something this week and I think that might've happened because I, I know it was shipping from Florida and it got, got to my house in two days and I wasn't expecting it until next week. And I'm like, Oh, it's kind of nice. It's here early. And that's what I mean, you yeah, think. If you don't need it. You're just, you're just yeah, you know, automatically in the back of your head. You're like, Oh wow. I really, that's awesome. And yeah. now, you know, if you order even from them again and it comes in normal time, fine. Yeah. But your expectations were exceeded off your first experience. And again, yeah. that's going to be the same reason people come back to dine at another restaurant, right? We've heard that before. Mm -hmm. The same reason someone's going to buy or shop somewhere again. And what we're finding is a lot of folks will do research on Amazon, but they will buy on direct sites directly. Um, you know, people really do like having interaction with the actual company that's making or procuring that good um, versus selling through like a third party kind of seller. You know that we don't yeah. know who they are they're just a seller you know on amazon or on some platform so so there is that part that is is an opportunity for for folks as well so do you think then then there's an opportunity if someone's looking at you know obviously they got multi-channels but do you think that they're they're people if a product is maybe not the greatest fit for for amazon but they should have that product listed on Amazon or Walmart too, just for the simple fact to give it the exposure and then maybe get them back to your website to, to actually find and buy answer questions or. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely those strategies out there where you want to cross pollinate as much as you can or, uh, across the internet. So really leveraging search uh, engine, yeah. which, which, if your products on Walmart and if let's say that you have a product and it has its own, um, you know, trademark or something along those lines. So let's just, let's yeah. just say it's yours. Um, whether it's like, let's say it's like a notebook or something. Okay. If it has your trademark on it and you're selling on Amazon, you're selling it on Walmart, you're selling it on wherever, as you saturate those marketplace opportunities, your search ability is going to go up through engine search engines. Meaning that when I'm looking for a product, you're going to, those domain ranks that and domain weight that the, the Amazon and Walmart and all these big retailers or multi-channel e-commerce sellers have is that their domains are, have a high authority figure. So your, your products being there is going to help your authority raise with that um, along with theirs. And so as it becomes more and more, um, as you become and procure more and more orders, gather more and more reviews, building your multi-channel experience, your searchability through through search engine is gonna it's gonna just go off the charts, oh. and, and then it becomes like a big snowball. Whereas yeah. you know you're starting to get you know all these inbound links, you're starting to get your SEO, your you know people are searching for notebook, and boom, you're up your your Amazon listings, your WalMarts, your where do you basically on Google Shopping? Where do you want to buy this? We sell everywhere. Um, or you can come to our own store and, mm -hmm. you know, there are then pricing strategies that, that can make a lot of sense for, for, uh, sellers. Because, yeah. You know, the, the next piece to, to it is, you know, we talk price being the most important thing. Well, on channel, you have to take fees into consideration selling yep. direct. 
you have fees to consider, right? You have, you know, your, your, your sunken costs or your embedded costs is, you know, packaging, shipping, da, da, da. But price, you have a little bit more opportunity for margin and price. I'd say build a more, you can, you can be more competitive in your pricing. Yeah. Direct. Yeah. I might steer somebody away from Amazon to you. Yeah. And they'll make more money. <laughs> well, yeah. You're not taking 25 points from you. So. Yeah, exactly. Because the, 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 the fees are getting higher. Uh, and and especially year. if you're, especially if you're an FBA and, and it adds some complexity too. if you're in an FBA type situation with Amazon, because you, you need to manage your inventory very closely, be moving inventory because you're charged for storage and the other things like that. And those costs can run away from you pretty fast. If you yeah. bring a truckload of stuff in and don't sell it for a year and a half. And yeah, that's well, a, in yeah, fact, you don't yeah, even get yeah. to keep it there, don't they? I think yeah, after so many months, they just send it back to you. Just, they'll send it back. <laughs> the, you know, so you're paying for storage. Then you're so basically paying Amazon to distribute. So you're paying yeah. distributor costs, plus you're going to be on marketplace, the fees, the cost to sell. And then you have to advertise. Yeah. So you need to look at all those costs before you go run down that path. Yeah, and those are things that folks don't look at, and the next thing you know, they're they're paying, they're buying business essentially. They're 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 losing revenue on every yeah. order, and then your yeah. infrastructure is it set up to be able to fulfill quickly? You know, when we're B two B, we're used to maybe palletizing or, or shipping, yep. you know, something. It doesn't need to be in a pretty package. Well, the channel, let's say partners, will expect you to have some level of packaging and protection. And then you also have returns, returning policies are different that you have to take the product back. Um, buyer's remorse. Those are all things that you don't get to choose on a platform. They'll automatically mm -hmm. send the refund. There is no kind of uh, argument. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just yeah. Say. So, well, and that's, that's something that's just changed in the past couple of years. In the past couple, that's three, four years. That's really changed a lot because it used to be you had to get approval to get returns, blah, blah, blah. And now it literally is, I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it. I'm sending it back. Yeah. And then, and then what we have too, because we have this, I don't like it, I'm sending it back. You have now, and then now you're, um, you have fraud. That's yeah. going up through the roof too. So you have, you know, orders that are being, you know, you'll ship an order and next thing you know, it's, oh, I'm returning it. They get their money back and they return it. You know, you send a, um, I don't know, like a, a I don't know, a launch. A shoe. An know, old shoe. shoe. You sent a shoe back. Like you sent, you, that you bought new, new shoes and you sent an old pair uh, back. Yeah. Said, oh, I didn't, you know. And, you know, they're not going to look at it. They're doing millions of orders a day, Amazon. They're not, they're not yeah. looking at those things. So those are, those are things to just be concerned, you know, worry about, make sure you're, you know, you're really diligent on your fraud. You're, you know, you have the, there's, there are software and there systems in there that can flag stuff and make life easier. So again, that goes into the technology aspects alone, but, you know, selling in a multiple channel effort is a great way to go i don't think i want to discourage anyone from going there it's just understand the pitfalls of and the yeah. risks just like you would if you were selling into a, a brick and mortar retailer you know there's a cost to ship there's going to be a cost to shelf there's going to be a cost to merchandise you know all these kind of things are going to go into that 
but you yeah. have an opportunity to do a high amount of volume. Yeah. Well, and, and that's, you know, the reason why you really need to go multi-channel is, is, is because you simply run out of the right people buying on a given channel. I mean, you can do the best, uh, you can make the best listing, you can have the best advertising, but you know, in the end, even on Amazon, there's only so many people looking for, you know, purple tennis shoes every day that are yeah. in the size eight, you know, there's, you know, and if you run, if you've, everybody has seen it and they don't like those purple tennis shoes, you got to go to Walmart or you got to go to target. You got to go someplace else and get them on the, get them on more platforms or eBay and try to get more eyeballs at them. It's that simple. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's another thing that you bring up is a skew adding, you know, essentially adding skews or products to what you would have sold. You know, you might only sold, let's just say like this, this headphone set, right? Like I only sell headphones. Then you might move into selling other things that are are helpful or in addition to accessories, mm -hmm. right? A headphone hanger or a wall mount or whatever, right? Yeah. You know, those is that's kind of what's happening, right? Is people are having to then get more SKUs, get more yeah. get a larger supply chain, offer more products, so that you're creating kind of your own marketplace within within a certain segment or niche. Yeah. And that is something you can, you do extremely well. Um, you know, I've seen sellers do really well through their direct website and make more profit, but I've seen them do way more volume through channel, but make less profit. So I guess it just depends on the goal, but being diverse is good because it mitigates your risk. Yeah. As a company, especially selling on the internet. Um, with, if you have a problem with the store or you have, you know, customer complaint and they, they shelf you or they stop you from selling for a period of time, your, your, your business is in trouble. You know, yeah. it might, it might ding at 10% or whatever, 5%, 20, hopefully or less, but your diversification of revenue, um, through channel is going to be very helpful. Yeah. It, and that's, a, one that's a great, great point. Cause I mean, how many umpteen gazillion people did we talk to that are selling on Amazon? They've got their, their products. They don't really even have a website. And if Amazon switched policies tomorrow and decided something, you know, detrimental to their product line, they're screwed. It's over. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a scary thing, right? When, when companies become, you know, I guess I would look at it like the '90s retail world, right? Where like where Walmart was getting in trouble of going, "Hey, if you don't sell us for this price, we're pulling you off all of our yeah. shelves, however many stores they have." And that to somebody was like, "Well, I guess we're going to take the loss because we can't mm -hmm. afford our business will go bankrupt if we don't have those channels." So yeah. those are things that you know, risk mitigation is important, but there are channels that are that are ones that folks would traditionally think aren't um, a good selling platform, like in eBay, right? Most people would go, oh, eBay, isn't that an auction site? No, it's not. I mean, yeah, it's an auction site, but it's not what it was. And eBay has evolved and changed a lot. Mm -hmm. What I really like about eBay too is that the, when you pay for advertising, you're paying for when you sell versus paying just to advertise. So yeah. you pay when you get a transaction, like, Hey, if this transaction came through an advertisement, you, you pay a percentage. That's, that's a cool model. I, I think, Yeah. That, you know, I wish Amazon and Google did that, but you know, unfortunately we don't get that lucky, but yeah. eBay, eBay is an opportunity. You know, you got 
Overstock, House, right? As a Target, Wish, Granger, you know, you have from a B2B, you got a C-Supply, Westco. These companies are all multi-channel. Um, you have Jet, you have uh, Rakuten, like we talked about Wayfair, uh, Walmart, Bing, Google Shopping, Bing, Bing Shopping. Yeah. And then you got all the Amazon marketplaces and you have like, you know, all the, all the niche retailers like, you know, McMaster car or yeah. some, some, you know, online seller. So if you were sitting here today and you, you were, you were like, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm thinking I need to go on another channel. Uh, what would be the, you know, in selecting a channel, what, what would you be looking at? So, you know, the biggest thing is understanding is, is your customer even there, right? Is your customer even on that platform? Okay. So if you're, you know, selling a certain good, good or widget or product, you got to make sure that your customer is there because selling on the wrong channel can be very detrimental to your business, right? Mm-hmm. Orders and things like that. The other thing that I look at is, is, is what's the opportunity. So within that channel, let's say Amazon or Walmart, how saturated is it in X product? And then what's the competition look like both in an advertising front and then also just a storefront. So all the stores, what, you know, how many people am I competing with? So competitive analysis is really important on every channel that you're thinking of exploring. And then I would run it backwards. So I would go, Hey, is this opportunity for me to sell here? If so, here's what I need to do to be there. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to walk back the costs to be there. Yeah, I'm going to see if it's equitable for the for the business. Yeah, that's the kind of step um, or I would say that's the way to go about it is is starting from the end um, or, you know, that analysis is very important. And then walk yourself back all the way to fulfilling that order, the headache, the strain on your business internally. And can you handle it? Your systems handle it already or are you going to need to change systems or your systems prepared for it? beforehand or can you kind of band-aid it and then do it as you go which is totally a fine strategy and can work very well it just depends on speed and volume like if you just start selling you have to be you need to make sure you deliver and that's yes. um, there's a fine balance there right you know we've seen yeah. it times before where folks fall on their face and and destroy their reputation because uh, they reach too far too fast so those yeah. are all well and that's you make a good point with that because i don't think people realize unless they've been selling on a platform like Amazon, the, the real volume of people that are looking for just say a common item, um, you know, a a certain big pen or, or something that might be a bad example. But if I, if I was to go in on a listing and and I was selling and I had account selling big pens on Amazon and I dropped the price to half of what everybody else is, you can generate thousands of orders in minutes on yeah. some items like that that are high demand items. And you're exactly right. They're not prepared for that any way, shape or form. So, you no. know, all the way from quality of the data that you're giving Amazon on something like price or just being able to to process that many orders. And I think that's a big consideration for somebody that's that's going to channel because if I'm selling a $20 item, how many orders am I going to be processing? If I'm selling a thousand dollar item, now I'm probably going to be processing fewer orders 
uh, at least in the beginning. So right. th those two things take a lot different planning when you get started doing that. Yeah, that they're going to be. Uh, it's so important to deliver, right? Yeah. And people, like I said, kind of early on, people don't accept your lack of delivery. It just mm -hmm. ruins and salts the whole entire reputation instantly. Yeah. I mean, it, it, there's no second chances in the in 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 in, in e-commerce has become everyone's become more stringent on their expectations because there are those companies that have exceeded the expectations so well that now everyone has to adhere to that level yeah and there isn't really an option to mess it up and if you yeah. do you better make it right meaning it's free or whatever right mm -hmm. because the negative reviews will kill you the reputation management alone is a challenge if you start going down that road and you're right you know overselling can kill your business underselling can kill your business it is a fine line between how you would scale these channels on volumes and then you know if you start hitting volumes that are a little high pull your listing pause your listing regroup before you before you get yourself in trouble don't get greedy on on the revenue aspect of it because uh it can cause you major problems down the road yeah so yeah. those are just you know kind of you know rule of thumb tricks of the trade but yeah. you, you know you have there's you know I, it's not as easy as it was, it was once. It was once. Now there's so many pieces to this thing and so much. You got to do this. Now, what about your social media? Are you selling on social media? Are you, do you have a store on Facebook? Are you, do, you know, it's become overwhelming. Now it becomes this just, it's a monster and it, it becomes this thing, even for a small little business. They have like, I'm selling on Facebook five marketplaces and I have my own store and then I'm, you know, I have to manage all my social media and then I have to yeah. manage my content. I have to manage all my listings. I have to manage the software and I don't have a lot of money. I mean, it becomes a, it's, it's a, it's a monster and it, yeah. can, it can, it can, it can give you an opportunity to go to the next level. Um, but you know, understand to get there. Amazon took a lot of investment um, before they turn a profit yeah um, and we're talking billions and billions and billions of dollars of, of losing before yeah. they just spend the, the revenue the other way so well yeah, lucky for us yeah. lucky for us it doesn't take billions to get in and get selling <laughs> on on e-commerce because it's it's a yeah. it's a thing and i think i think you know this is kind of a good segue into something that i know you've been putting a lot of effort into lately and that's uh the e-commerce management cooperative because i think that's really something that was born out of out of quite honestly a lot of people that were in e-commerce that that you've worked with and and we both we, we know that came together to really go listen this is this is not just a website anymore this is not just somebody that knows pay-per-click this is getting to the point that you really need to kind of guide your way through this and then have the resources you need at that point in time because not everybody needs needs a whiz bang website their website may be fine but if they're not converting online or on channel or whatever it might be content or it might be something else but the yeah. challenges as you said for a small business are daunting so talk a little bit about e-commerce management cooperative and kind of how you know these resources work together to, to really get get us a 
this should say not a smaller business, but a business that's starting out in e-commerce, the resources they need faster. Yeah, yeah. You know, the 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 idea around the cooperative is to give small small to mid-sized businesses a, an opportunity. Um, and by grouping professionals that have done it in all aspects of e-commerce together and, and having a collective goal and operating in a collective manner to benefit a company is a lot more equitable, both for the company and then also for the resource provider, let's say. And so cooperatives have been around a long time, right? Farming cooperatives allow a small yeah. farm to now sell to a large grocer, which they would never have had the opportunity to do without that cooperative, joining all of the farmers together and then selling to the large grocer as one. So there are opportunities within that, but understanding that e-commerce is become an A to Z game. And I look at it a lot like to be really good in e-commerce, it's like being in the NFL. It, 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 it's 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 a whole different ball game from playing peewee football and then it gets harder when you get to, to high school and then it gets harder when you get to college d4 and then you go to d1 even harder and then you go from that jump from here to here and that's a monster gap between college ball and nfl right and i just saying yeah. as analogy is is so you don't have when you know you're looking at e-commerce and it's an a to z you have providers that provide one solution all the time, right? Let's just say you're an SEO company, you provide SEO services, fine, no problem. But if you're an SEO company, everyone always has an SEO problem. Does that make sense, right? You know, yeah. That before, right? Oh, I bet it's SEO, we can help you through SEO because we're an SEO company, our vested interest is to sell you SEO. Look, the cooperative is not designed for the interest of a individual provider. It's designed for the benefit of the company and what they need. There's no um, like, hey, I'm an SEO guy. I'm selling you SEO. Hey, I'm a PPC guy. I'm selling you PPC. Hey, I'm a channel manager. I'm selling you channel management. No, it's everything. It's what does the company need in the stage in its ecosystem and where it's at. And then how do we provide a solution that's equitable that a small company can now compete with the big companies? And it has allowed a lot of great providers come coming in, you know, that that have niche to really good at one thing to be able to be good at one thing. But to the benefit of the company that needs it at that time it is all depending on where the business is at in its ecosystem within e-commerce. And so it's a huge win for um, companies. And it's a huge win for for folks like us who have been working with companies for years to be able to go, hey, you know, I, I don't care if you need SEO or you need content. I, I It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to you, maybe, Damon, either, right? Because I'm not just a content guy. I'm not just an SEO guy. But we have resources that do both at the highest level. So it's like having, you know, a staff of training trainers that um, you would never be able to afford to have access to that you now have access to and can can afford yeah because it's a because it's a, gr a group effort because we're all pulling on the same end of the rope and that's what makes it exciting that's what makes it a really op big opportunity and um you know as this thing gets harder and more competitive you know people um i just we love helping companies and i think it's been our passion for a long time and I hate seeing what's happening, you know, to small to mid-sized companies right now. They're just getting squeezed down and they're getting a lot of bad advice and a lot of, you know, 
band-aid over artery wound stuff thrown at them and we wanted to provide a solution that wasn't that yeah that was that was really providing something that could handle their business from the beginning inception all the way to 100 million 200 million revenue doesn't matter yeah well i think it's exciting because i i know that uh, for a lot of business people just figuring out who can help them it's tough yeah. And, and, you know, if you're sitting there on the, on the front end of this and you're going, I'm on, I'm trying to do e-commerce, you know, I've got a website, I've got some products on it and I think I need to drive traffic. Well, I'm going to, if I was even to the point that I knew I wanted to do pay-per-click or I knew I wanted SEO services, then how do you go through all of the SEO providers that would be um, applicable to you, to your industry or, or to your type of thing you're doing and then how do you know which one to pick if if i'm a business person that's that's the thing that i always look at from standpoint is they know business or they know their business they don't understand this so so look at it like uh, i say we look at it like medical when you go to the doctor you don't automatically go to an orthopedist right or to let's say um uh you know heart surgeon heart surgeon you don't know you have a heart problem okay you go to a general practitioner right that assesses your health right assesses where you're at what's wrong with you and then what do they do they send you to a specialist yeah and then the specialist takes care of that in that's that specific problem but you still have your general doctor because you're going to have another problem it might be your elbow and then you need to go see someone specialist for that. And again, their specialists exist because they're really good at one thing. And they're really good at something. And they they have focused their entire life and career on that one thing. And you want specialists in e-commerce working on your business. But the problem is, is if you went straight to the knee doctor, you have a knee problem. And if you mm-hmm. if, if you look at it like that, is is what we're trying to do is we're trying to remove the fact that, look, we don't know what your problem is or what you need specifically around e-commerce, but we're going to provide you a solution, a full suite of solutions. And it doesn't matter where you're at in the, in the ecosystem. If you're at an advanced and you want to understand AI machine learning and you want to understand sophisticated price modeling, we can do that. I mean, that's, we have t- plenty of people that, that have done that for multi-billion dollar organizations. Then if, but if you also have want to create your first website listing, you've never done it before. We could do that too. It, it would be a different human being most likely. Yeah. It's still providing a solution that's specific to the need rather than, than what, oh, you have a problem because you're coming to this person or whatever. So yeah. I, I look at that analogy. I don't know if it's a, as good a one as I maybe hope it would be, but it is like that. You don't go to the doctor. You don't go to a specialist before you go to a, a regular doctor. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. And I or think you know, it, a mechanic shop or something, right? Like, yeah. hey, you go to a mechanic shop, your transmission's gone. Then mechanic shops can go, your transmission's gone. We don't do transmissions here. You got to take it to our guys down the street. They're great transmission yeah. guys. They're going to get your transmission fixed. Yeah. Why are there transmission people and general mechanics? Why are there tire companies and transmission? Again, it's it's the whole thing as a specialist work and understand how to be effective and efficient in that area. And we yeah. want to do that across the board, both through channel, through e-commerce, through scaling problems, infrastructure, technology, AI, voice recognition, software and security, the list goes on. There's so many aspects to e-commerce, but 
those yeah. that's that's really why it was designed and developed. So I mean that, that was the whole point. So that very cool. Very cool. Well, Jeff, it's been awesome talking to you about this. And if people want to get a hold of you, you know, and talk more about multi-channel e-commerce and and maybe some of the steps they should take or or just questions they have, where's the what's the best way to do that? Yeah, so our our website's ecommercemgmt.com, so management for short. Um, so you could just go to our website, and, you know, submit a form, ask questions. You can also go to LinkedIn, search okay. me on LinkedIn, and 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 send me a message, um, right. or shoot an email. I mean, you know, it, the email, our email on e-commerce at the cooperative is info at ecommercemanagement.com. Super simple. Um, but yeah, any issues or challenges, okay. you know, we're here to help. But that's that's the vision of it. And that's what we've been putting into play. And, and so far, it's going really well. Yeah, it's exciting. I think that that, you know, there's there's a million stories of e-commerce gone wrong and and uh, too many and and skeptics, quite honestly, in a lot of places where you hear uh, two similar companies, one has a horrible experience and others have uh, a, a much different experience. So, yeah, it's what not to do that yeah. makes you win on the internet. Yeah, is learning that what not to do is they are so important. Yeah, that's so, for sure. Be crippling, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah. yeah, it's a fun adventure. There's a lot to think about, and I know it's a lot for folks that are probably listening to think about. But huge opportunities exist in multiple channels, but but also you know think about you got to think about your business a little differently. Yep, and where you start. So awesome, Jeff. Well, thanks for being here today. I want to thank everyone for listening again to the Faces of Business. I am going to be back again next Tuesday. And yes, I did forget who's coming back and I'm talking to you next week. <laughs> I, no, I think I'm actually talking to Andrew Deutsch about the oh, cool. uh, about um, AI powered sales. He's got some really interesting stuff that they're they're uh, they're working on to help salespeople sell better using AI, and uh, really interesting stuff. But Jeffrey Graham, e-commerce management. Thanks once again for being yeah. here and faces of business. If anybody's got questions on uh, e-commerce, multi-channel e-commerce, selling on Amazon, Jeff, get, reach hey. out to Jeff and he'll he'll give you give you what he knows. We'll help you. Out. Thanks a lot. Thank you.